podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the longest-running Star Trek podcast that Andy and I have ever done. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm already lost without him. That's right. Thanks, Quark. Uh, DS9, full steam ahead. 56 minutes of, of, of hails last week. The responses have been out of this galaxy. Quadrant out of this quadrant, <laughs> from Alpha all the way to the Gamma Quadrant. And if I know something about Gamma Quadrants, is they're gonna be providing us with endless stories for many years to come. How much farther is the Gamma Quadrant than the Delta Quadrant? I mean, it's like it's a square, right? Oh, so it's just a different Alpha, Beta, Gamma, right? Delta, Delta, you know what I mean. It's just a different Whatever. corner. It's about the, it's about yeah, equid- it's, it's equidistant. Yeah. Gotcha. It's like if you got a pizza like this, and you had like a quarter. You did toppings on a quarter of them, like a uh-huh. crazy person, and you were like, "I want pepperonis here. I want uh-huh. olives over here. Right. Pepperoni on this one, and plain cheese on this one." Okay. Alpha quadrant, plain cheese. Sure. Right. Delta sure. quadrant. Olives, no, no. Delta quadrant's pepperoni, and the gamma quadrant is the uh, onions. Do you like Thank onions you. on your pizza? <laughs> sure, I don't care. No, 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 there aren't no. many toppings of pizza I that see I don't. The appeal like, of onions that I don't it's like. a mix and match with. Yeah, like it's like I'm not going to turn down a pizza because it has a something on it. You know what I mean? Not even like a, one of those pineapple jammies or any of those. Then I'll just take the pineapple off or eat it. Who cares? Yeah, but then it tastes like pineapple. I mean, it's pizza, though, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> Reed would certainly like it. There's not a lot of... Yeah, there really isn't much you could do to a pizza that I'm like, mm, pass. Yeah. I guess that's fair. I, mean, I prefer a white, honestly. I feel like I'm kind of hurting my ability to eat the average pizza because I, you know, I find all the pop-ups and the the high-grade ones here. And so then I go back to the normal ones and I'm like, this is fine. What normal ones? I mean, you know, I think you just find one that does a reasonably okay job and accept that you live in Los Angeles. You know, I don't, I don't know if I even accept that. Look, I'm a New Yorker, so I'm a snob. But, it's the uh, water. It's the water. We we're putting <laughs> the bagels. I used to say that, and I think it used to be true. But now I feel, bagels, I think, is still, they're still behind the arc. But pizza, I feel like there's a lot of great pizzas out here. They've closed the gap, you think? I think. I mean, you know, it's it, they're doing a slightly different thing I a lot was of the like, times. But there's definitely a like lot of prime. pop-ups that are equivalent or better than a lot of the New York pizzas. I was a diehard prime pizza guy, and then I got away from them and ended up going to DeSano, and that's my joint now. DeSano is great. Very, very different pizza. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. 
I think I Desanos I was all over. Actually, me and my ex s- stumbled upon it in desperation one night, and I was like, Sorry, "Oh my it was god!" Too to bring up, I didn't mean to, Andy. Oh, what well, you knew that this was going to lead <laughs> to me talking about my ex. It's <laughs> a sandwich and a pizza and some ice cream and some donuts and a good pizza to cover up the bad pizza and some tacos and a burger and some french fries and a milkshake and some cookies and some onion rings Matt needs a pizza too we can go for all those things right now your number one stop for Star Trek and pizza Star Trek the next thing. conversation you don't hear it you're hearing a thing I'm hearing a thing hmm I don't I mean, hear a thing interference just started Hello? Who's interfering? I think it's gone now. Um, Get out of here. Interference. What if the interference was the brain patterns of an evil alien? I mean, that'd be kind of cool. That made, like, the main cast act terribly. I I don't mean mean behave poorly. No, I, I mean, I know what you meant. Act terribly. I'm spelling this, it out for the audience. This really showed the the edges of Alexander Sidis. Is that his name? Sidig, Sidig, Sidig. That's it. Um, um, the, uh, no, I think the edges honestly, of his ability right off the top. He's a he's a good actor. He really is. Well, that's this fair. Was bananas. This was bananas. This was like. Well, those are. I feel like he went to bed watching like. Um, the episode, or, the episode of yeah. Voyager where Cass uh, no. turns into... <laughs> oh, sure, sure. At least he didn't put on a real... Like, he didn't really put on a voice, but also he did... Uh, he really he really felt like Kirk when Kirk was overtaken by the evil woman. Yes. In, in TOS. It really felt yes, TOS-y. It did feel in a TOS-y. W- in a way that felt very disjointed from the rest of Deep Space Nine. It was very was like, strange. I don't Whoa. think he needed to do that. It was. Ve- I don't I don't know, we'll either. get into it, but yeah. Well, look, you're, we may be spoiling things, but uh... Andy, would you have them watch this episode? Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of good procedural stuff. Maybe if you like, if you like security procedures. Sure. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> of course, I like Matt, security procedures. The whole thing should be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is quickly becoming just sounds on your part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a. I'd watch it for the car wreck in the in the fourth act. But that's you mean H- Bashir? The acting. The yeah. acting. Yeah. Yeah. It's very really strange. Was something. It was such a choice. It was such a choice. I couldn't even imagine. I was like, "What? Who decided this was the choice?" It's it's one of the, I don't wonder if it would have been different. Certainly, you can see Brent Spiner. Eh, we're getting all into it. You can see Brent Spiner going that that big and ridiculous on a choice. And sometimes they they knock it out of the he knocks it out of the park. And sometimes it's just like whoa. <laughs> um, but it's just interesting seeing again this early in the run they're doing a, a possession story, and him to make this choice is just like wow. Swing batter. <laughs> Oh, swing and a miss. Anyway, let's open up the hails and... and, uh, Oh, no, sorry. We're in the regular show. Let's go to the Admiral's Club. Welcome to the Admiral's Club. Matt, how do you get to the Admiral's Club? Well, good thing you asked, because 
the jingle I played doesn't tell anyone anything. It sure doesn't. I'm just noticing that. Just write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. I don't even know if we're on it. Uh, Wherever you get your podcasts, type a five-star review. Send it in. You're in. And then if you want Andy to read it, let him know it's there. Say, hey, I made a five-star review. Here it is. You know, if you want to, I've sort of widened it out. So if you want to, you know, tweet, if you want to go to somebody's uh, Star Trek Facebook group. I don't group. accept tweets. I don't accept Facebook oh. groups. What? Really? I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't read them. The ratings are meaningless then. All we uh, want is the five stars. Don't we have such a perfect rating? Which is why they can rating? write whatever they don't, whatever they want, they can write. Just yeah. give us five stars. How does the rating even help us at this point? <laughs> no one knows anything about any algorithms. Who cares? All right, whatever. Then I guess. I mean, to that to that point, <laughs> the Andy's captain correct, has the captain has <laughs> overruled me. So, um, he, he, I will still say I can read it if you got if you got other ways that you're advertising us. I'll read it. He won't know. This guy isn't plugged in. Anything's happening on my side. I'm like on a. It's like I've already separated the saucer and I'm somewhere else. Um. Anyway, uh, this is a. A um, a review. Uh, this is from Rack Tagino, double calf, no whip. Um, who says finally ready to launch the podcast, the premiere comedy and recap podcast for Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Matt and Andy spent years rehearsing for this day by doing some practice podcasts using throwaway episodes of the Next Generation or whatever. Good thing, too, is they needed to work out a few kinks, like accidentally <laughs> talking for an hour before remembering to talk about the episode, or getting sidetracked into planning aloud their next several meals. Uh, we've already done it. Uh, or possibly one ridiculously enormous meal. It's hard to tell. But practice makes perfect, so buckle up for the flawless rollout of episode one of Star Trek The Next Conversation. Bring on Emissary, Alamarine, move along home. I guess this was prior to... Is that or they just listen to the uh I appreciate everything they said and I'm glad that we could live up to all and none of their expectations. Um this is from Edmonton's Kingpin at Andrew Hook. Is it a tweet or is it a is it a a, a, a podcast review? Who knows? If you like Star Trek and like podcasts, then I suggest Star Trek TNC at Matt Myron and at Secunda. Use their writing talents as comedy writers to tell sci-fi writers what they do wrong. Uh, and what we do, what they do right, in fairness. Um, <laughs> they put hashtag Admirals Club, which helps me sort it out if you want to go another way. Joel McCracken uh, writes, Exhaustive Taxonomy of Forms of Blindness. This podcast helped me discover all sorts of new ways a person can be blind. It starts with face blindness, but quickly moves on to describing names, name blindness, song blindness, plot blindness, point of the message blindness, among other varieties. Five stars. I am learning so much. I'm glad. I'm glad we could teach. Um, I Did we discuss that Brad Pitt allegedly has face blindness? You did but you, again you have brad pitt conversation blindness where you never remember if you talk that about is brad a problem pitt. it's true yeah. <laughs> it's probably a bad it's a bad time to associate myself with brad pitt but the um must be a handsome thing right <laughs> is that, what you're gonna say? <laughs> that was my point 
Um, you know, I made the mistake, actually, since we're in the Admirals Club. <laughs> but I was going through. I noticed it's mostly five stars, so God bless all of you. Um, but uh, <laughs> there was a couple of, like, lesser rankings. And I was like, huh, wonder what they said. <laughs> so I read them. And uh, oh, most God. of them I was I was just sort of like, yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> there, was, there was one guy who was like, ugh, I don't like this. They think they're so funny. This isn't funny. They should be doing a straight, you know, Star Trek podcast with no jokes. And I'm like, all right, well, I okay, feel like I mean, you just found the wrong brand for yourself. It's a terrible idea for us. <laughs> Competing with the uh, with the more well-informed Star Trek podcasts with no comedy. Anyway, that's it for the Admirals Club. All right, let's head to the President's Circle. The President's Circle. Welcome to the President's Circle. Uh, it's where all our patrons gather, particularly the members of the President's Circle. They get the most podcasts extra every single month. Currently, they're getting four episodes of Enterprise, Enterprise two episodes of Voyager, and a big pat on the bat- back for being there. <laughs> <laughs> you mean too Don't worry. The second your Picards come back, we'll be in there talking about it every single week. Uh Anyway, occasionally someone writes a message that Andy really enjoys, and that gets a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Who's getting it this week? I forgot. Uh, you, this is going to be in the uh, in the Dropbox, um, and this is from our good friend, Lieutenant Commander Kyle Barker, who makes the TNC comics, which are just delightful every time, um, and they usually play on us being on the Enterprise. Uh, actually, I think he did one where we were then making the transition to DS9, and that was also delightful. So uh, please check it out. I think he's at TNC Comics, but we'll probably put them on Instagram. We have put them on Instagram in the past, and we'll put them on in the future when, you know, I get back to Instagram. <laughs> um, as says, hi, man, Andy. I made a mashup too odd to not share with anyone. Live long and prosper from Kyle. Uh, this is Smooth Cisco, if you have it in front of you. I was carrying three lemonades. The sand was burning my feet. And I stopped here to... Ow! <laughs> I mean, I knew where it was going. And I was still, I was still along for the ride. Really, you Very predicted funny. smooth criminal. I didn't. Uh, yes. Oh wow. Well, I mean, smooth Cisco, and then the ow. So. Sure. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Um, the thing that turned me off the first time, as you may remember, and uh, now I couldn't like it more. Well, I could like it more. We'll see where it goes. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. Uh, we're in the priority one messages proper. If uh, you join the Patreon, I will look at your messages first. You'll get priority access. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. All right. What's everybody saying about Dax? Command Master Chief Robert Garrison uh, points out this is the first appearance of Rack Tagino, I think. Anyone find it odd? We rarely, maybe Worf, see Klingons drink Klingon coffee. 
That's I mean, he's searching the data. I feel like I feel like the Klingons drink Klingon coffee in Deep Space Nine. Feel like other than Worf. Uh, Tom Bondurant adds on to that. I am on the food and drink unit of Duolingo Klingon, and they have a word for coffee, quavin, or is it quavlin? Um, but Raktagino hasn't come up yet. Maybe Raktagino is some sort of federation, f- federation-fied beverage sold to tourists. Oddly enough, there is also a Klingon phrase that means chopsticks. Soj namkumi. Um, but I cannot imagine it gets used very often. <laughs> I feel like they eat know. their hands. Yeah. Well, I guess that's I guess that's also fair. I was going to say the Klingons seem to eat things that would probably be best eaten with chopsticks. But you're right that they also like to just get into it. I would be very unhappy on a Klingon diet. I kind of just tolerate sushi because everybody loves sushi. I need things to be fried. Or cheesed. That's what tempura is for. That is true. I do like a tempura. Lieutenant Rogers Hot Mess Mini Arc. Sorry. Lieutenant Rogers Hot Mess Express Mini Arc says two observations from early in the episode. One, Cisco's engineering of the Defiant at Utopia Planitia being, quote, make me a cool thing with pew pews, unquote, reminded me of the Simpsons episode where Homer's brother lets him design a car. And ends up ruining him. Um, I think it was played by Danny DeVito. That's right. Number two, with Curzon being such a dog, maybe the reason Dax puts up with Bashir is because he's like, oh, that's cute. A little bit amateurish, but A for effort. I'd have used this line instead. You know, it's funny, Lieutenant Rogers, that you bring this up because that was something that after we got a little backstory, I I did sort of, in retrospect, think. Because she's mostly just silent and smiling bemusedly at uh, at Bashir's if you want to call them antics or bullshit, whichever you want to call it um, and uh, it's sort of like, oh, well, what's going on in her head and it is, it's sort of reasonable that what's going on in her head is, uh-huh this is, this is you trying to hit on people, okay <laughs> um Mr. and Miss, but not always Miss, uh, but not always and Miss, the Ultimate Trekkers, says, I like that Bashir is so creepy because you really get to watch his development. And then Tess uh, has a contrary opinion. She says, it's the misogyny of the production staff and the era. No one needs to try and create headcanon to justify it or attempt to spin it positive. We can just acknowledge how truly off-putting it is and be glad that the writers eventually chose a different direction. Um... That's two different perspectives. So I was glad I got both of them because I was thinking like, oh, I guess that's good that they at some point they reclaimed him. And then her take is they didn't reclaim him. They just chose to ignore the prior established character. Um, well, I mean, also like, you know, Tess, can't, can't you see it as, yes, it's the misogyny of the of the staff at the time, but also isn't it nice to watch them pull out of that? <laughs> to me it's just like it and again it's all it's all of the time but the thing that is the most glaring is him hitting on his patients during (laughs) an examination is just the craziest thing and i cannot imagine it wasn't crazy at the time um andrew gibson 
writes, For the extradition hearing, they debated whether Jadzia has memories of the crime, how closely intermingled she is with the symbiont, and whether she had accepted responsibility for all of Dax's actions. They avoided broaching the harder question of whether it's actually just to put her to death based off of a commitment she made without full knowledge of what she was getting into by joining with Dax. Also, totally not buying the point about Trills being able to commit the perfect crime just by dying? Curzon Dax is dead, not alive. Cease to be. He is no more. In other words, he's a dead parrot and no one is getting away with anything here. Basically what I'm saying is any halfway decent 20th century attorney from any of the laws in order would have had this case tossed by the second act. I prefer you also pluralize order. Laws and orders. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was going to go back to look at the to look at the TNG scene where the newly female version of the trill that was having a thing with Beverly. What their reasoning is because my memory is that their reasoning was no but I'm kind of the same person Um, but I guess it probably was something more along the lines of I feel many of the things that my previous incarnation felt what if the trills that have the head ridges Uh. have less of a personality to start with (laughs) that's how they distinguish them in society do they do they sort them out and give them those ridges or they're just born with them? I think it's a different, you know, it's like a different yeah. race of trills. You don't want to hang out with those trills. They are Boringsville. That's just my head cannon, you know? We all have our different head cannon. Anyway, my point is if that if this is true that it's essentially just a totally different person with some of the memories then uh or all the memories then um then I would say Andrew Gibson is 100% right, which seems to be what the show is basically saying. However, the TNG version obviously feels a little different. It's like a little mixed in. But I guess even if there's a little mixed in of like, yes, I I am a little bit of the same murderer, um, but I'm not the fully same murderer, then you get into a really sticky area. Yeah, like if you're like, I'm a better murderer. Right. <laughs> I I can't be held accountable for my mediocre murdering version. Chris Klochner says, I slightly disagree with Andy's theory that Dax, the symbiote, uh, is a dirtbag. Symbiont uh, is a dirtbag. I offer the alternative that Dax completely lacks impulse control. And because of that, Symbiosis Commission goes out of its way to make sure Dax ends up in a host that won't be on the homeworld proper. I.e. an ambassador, Starfleet officer, etc. That's interesting. So Chris is talking more about Curzon than than uh, Jadzia, hmm. or all versions, I guess, because the Dax is the dirt bag. Um. And Muhammad says, "So you guys went on a Buffy tangent about Hush." And the gentleman, one of those gentlemen, was played by Doug Jones, bringing everything back to track. Happy face, closed eyes emoji. Um, wow. That Doug Jones. Man. Fucking Doug Jones. Also, and he played, am I uh, crazy? He played the Predator, too. 
Wasn't that Jean-Claude Van Damme? <laughs> I think that was an early version, and then they didn't do that. But whatever the case, um, uh, this guy, just such an, an accomplished sort of just behavioral actor. And then you put him in Saru, and he's fucking killing it. You know, just more standard acting-wise. And also, you know, behavioral acting. But it's very impressive. Um, that's it for the Priority One messages. All right. Let's head out and see if anyone's in the hallway waiting for us. Captain, we are being hailed. Do, do our listeners just wait in the hallway for us? We don't uh, sort of just play this over some weird subspace channel over the to the entire station? It's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> Graham Bexted says, Hi, Andy and Matt. Uh, sorry. Hey, Andy and Matt. Long time, first time. In the welcome, friend. In the Dax episode, you guys wondered at the many lifetimes of combat training that uh, the Dax symbiont would have had. At this point, I'm sure the writers had little to no idea. Uh, but we do learn a bit about each of the hosts over time, and I'm not sure Jadzia would have had access to that much combat training. Layla Dax uh, was a legislator. Not much combat there, I don't think. Tobin Dax, nervous engineer. Can't see combat there. Imani Dax, Olympic gymnast who boned bones. Combat training, maybe. Uh, Audrid Dax, head of the Symbiont, Symbiont Commission. Like quiet walks in the woods? Probably not. Torius Dax, pilot with combat training, but joined for less than a year, some combat training. And Joran Dax, redacted, but not joined long and no traditional combat training. Curzon Dax, diplomat, buddy with Klingons, so probably some Batleth training. Although Curzon Dax, I will add, so wait, I'll just finish this hail. So while I think she probably had the basic Starfleet combat, well, this is what I was about to address. Starfleet combat training. I don't think she's bringing that much fighting skill from previous lives. Anyway, love the show. Can't wait to see how you feel about the show when it really gets going. Um, I was going to say the Starfleet combat training, but do you feel like that's not... How many Starfleet officers have we seen who get their asses kicked when they're not overpowered? A lot? What do you... I mean, I don't even know what... What? That would... What... What like if you're facing a, that? <laughs> it, what? What situation are you talking about? If you're like a, a lot of Starfleet officers get their ass kicked. I understand, but like in a situation where you're facing some superpowered being, or you're a human and you're facing a Vulcan or a Klingon, it's like, all right, I get it. Why well, you would have had your ass kicked? If it's just human versus other civilian human, or Vulcan versus other civilian Vulcan, shouldn't the Starfleet officer have the edge? Or does it? Is it only the ones that have gone to through tactical training? I don't think we've ever seen that, actually. We must have seen it at some point. I don't think we have. I feel like the people on because Strange New Worlds like are more badasses than a lot a of the other stuff that I've seen. With some sort of superpower, like a Nausicaan. Like, uh, these fights that people have in Star Trek are rarely with another human. Right. I mean, Kirk was always kicking ass, but I feel like that was a that was a featured aspect of Kirk was that he was a great hand-to-hand fighter. Yeah, I mean, when you when you put both fists together, 
Sure. And 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 hit someone really hard on the back with that. Sure, it has, it has twice the power time. of one fist. Exactly. Everybody knows that. Sorry, Khan. <laughs> um, Dax uh, from Chris Roa. Dear Matt and Andy, just listen to your most recent episode about Dax. In the episode, this exchange happens. Kira, uh, what if I find the answer is yes, Cisco? Then the answer is wrong. Then that answer is wrong. From this moment on, our answer is no. But if you do find a wrong answer, I want to see it. I can't fight what I don't know about. Um, this is sort of a legal perspective. This is a very basic part of legal research. Cisco would have to find a way to distinguish the wrong answer so that it doesn't not apply to Dax's situation. Um, sorry. Dax faces trial and potentially the death penalty. Since Bajor is in the process of trying to join the Federation, Bajor likely does not have the death penalty. That would be sufficient to not extradite Dex. Since the station is the size of a city, it would make sense to have its own courtroom. Yes, it was likely for production reasons. Dax is accused of treason, but treason is typically a crime that only a citizen can be tried for, though a non-citizen can be tried for murder, espionage, etc. Cisco is essentially representing Dax, and then he then testifies on her behalf. An attorney cannot represent a party and offer testimony in the case. You also cannot represent someone if you are not an attorney unless you are representing yourself. Once again, where is Starfleet's JAG Corps? Uh, and Nina just interrupts testimony to offer testimony. Judges hate that. She would have to wait for someone to call her to the stand. Anyways, I love the podcast. Live long and prosper. Chris. And then P.S. Grow goatees when you discuss Mary Universe episodes. It really be really great for the audio-only podcast. Um, the only thing that I would sort of say, I think these are all great, fantastic points. Uh, the only thing I would say is probably Cisco, and we've seen this obviously with Kirk representing Data, and not Kirk, Picard. Um, hit mm-hmm. Kirk on the brain. Um, the is uh, it's kind of frontier town, you know, kind of or ship at sea kind of rules. So it's just like, all right, he's going to represent you. Is my vibe, and I feel like that's been established in Star Trek. So I accept that part. He accepts. I accept. The series click, is valid. Click clack 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 clack. I'm clacking my my rock. <laughs> That was a. I don't buy that as a mallet, as a as a gavel. That's my take. That's my main takeaway. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a. I, this probably should go in prime corrective because I assume it was something one of us, probably me, said. The three people on the runabout in Culus, uh Dex, Ensign, Polly, and Vosh. Vosh it is literally in the dialogue, and they don't go exploring solo. Um, this is from. Thomas Gill. Uh, Thomas Gill also has a, uh, a treatise on the economy, and he has star pushed up nerd glasses on star. Uh, the economy of the Federation cannot be defined using current means. A lot of people want to call uh, it communism, socialism, but those systems are too constraining on what we see. We know it isn't capitalism, corporatism either. With near zero-point energy and being able to convert that energy into matter, which is how replicators actually work, there is little to no scarcity of resources. However, and I think the Orville explains it best, uh, when knowledge became the valuable commodity, and therefore the value one had was based on their knowledge. We know that basic needs are met. 
uh, and society as a whole doesn't really endorse collecting. So Picard's quote and first contact about the accumulation of wealth is no longer the driving force in our lives is literally that. Their basic needs are largely handled. However, for most people, they want to have something to do so they learn to do other things. Artists, cooks, and other trade professions are able to make additional credits for their skill that they can use to obtain creature comforts and other personal items. They can also convert those credits into other currencies to use at places at Quark's, the Replimat, etc. Each officer does also get a monthly stipend as credits. Recall Dr. Crusher and encounter at Farpoint. Send it to our starship when it arrives. Charge it to Dr. Crusher. So she obviously will have an account that can convert to whatever the bandy use for currency. Hope that helps. Thomas Gill. Um, I mean... That helps. I guess... Uh, Pretty clear. I mean, I've never really had a problem with it. A lot of my questions are, do uh, you know, it's sort of like there are shitty jobs in the Federation. So if you have essentially unlimited wealth, why would anyone end up doing those mm, shitty jobs? It's not at all what he said. Your basic needs are met. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I understand, but you're not taking the Preacher shitty jobs. Creature comforts are, are earned by taking up jobs. Why don't you take up a different job if you had a terrible job? Maybe you're only qualified to be on Mars with those weird androids that decide to kill everyone in Picard. <laughs> That's a good example of a terrible job. It's the worst I can think of. <sighs> um... And we have one small prime corrective. Time for retrospective. Cause truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective. Cause Matt Mandy got it wrong. It's from Lieutenant Knickknack Tabasco. <laughs> it's pronounced Melbourne or Melbin, Australia, not Melbourne, Australia. Uh, thank you for the correction, Nick. Nick. I apologize to your people. Ah, isn't it Mel? I would say, and I here's how I would wrongly pronounce it. Okay, Melbourne. Uh, he says it's not Melbourne. No, he that's says, how I would incorrectly respond. I see, you know. yeah, right. I'm backing you up in your incorrect pronunciation. <laughs> um, it's like when people not. from from not Massachusetts try to pronounce Massachusetts towns and they yeah. call like Lemonster Leo Munster uh-huh. and it's just no it's, it's Lemonster and they call Worcester 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 <laughs> Worcester uh, Worcester clever girl you know clever there's, there's so many towns Peabody is that the right way people probably call it Peabody sure it's Peabody Peabody uh-huh. anyway uh- if you would like to send a hail, send it to sttncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. Uh, if you would like uh, you know, priority access, send a priority one message. Join the Patreon. Um, you can tweet and Instagram Matt at Matt Myra. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda or tweet me at Secunda. And if you would like to send a voice hail, please do 816-TREK-TNC. All right. Nice and tight, huh? 
I mean, for us. I, I honestly can't believe it. I said to Dory as I was walking out to record, I was like, how long do you think the hails will be? She said 55 minutes. And oh, good like, guess. That's actually a really good guess. Yeah. But wrong, Dory. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. Off by 20 minutes. <laughs> We crossed many doors to many places Your hands made us think of all your faces So plug TNC in your little Borg node Let's talk about this week's episode This week's episode is The Passenger Which uh, aired uh, February 20th, 1993 21st, interesting Oh, that's interesting, Memory Alpha, what are you doing? Oh, well, we got it from Memory Alpha Must have been a leap year, everyone's confused about February must be Zach Wilson's take. He sends us the disdain tracks. What's going on at that time of our times? Well, I'll tell you, Matt, uh, the alternative... Mm-hmm. Did we do The Devil You Know? Or did we do... Yes. Okay, then how about... Why don't we listen to the number one song in the UK, Oh Carolina by Shaggy. Oh, sure. I haven't heard that song in a long time. Uh, and the alternative song was Devil You Know by Jesus Jones. The number one song in the US... Still, I will always love you. I don't know why, but this feels like an appropriate vibe for us, Matt. Number one movie, Groundhog Day. Number one TV show that week, 60 Minutes. Death that week, silent film star Lillian Gish. Creator of the gods of Godzilla, Ishiro Honda. Events: The World Trade Center is bombed, killing six. Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton wins Song of the Year at the Grammys. Um, Time Magazine cover, cover: Uncle Bill wants you. Clinton's plan to raise taxes. All right. One, two, I saw a picture on Reddit today of uh, Jimmy Carter with the solar panels on the White House, you know, yeah. showing them to reporters and stuff. Are they still on there? Uh, Reagan had them removed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, it's nothing new. What <laughs> a country. forever. Uh, then we have an Elsewhere in Trek, Matt. I know you we love sure that jingle. Uh, it's a great jingle. It's one of my favorite jingles. We have the best jingles. Everyone loves our jingles. <laughs> Just fabulous jingles. We have fabulous, fabulous jingles. Elsewhere in track. Let's see what's out there. Engage. It's very grand. It that is. week's TNG episode, which aired February 22nd. <laughs> so this is a lot of different takes. Oh, you said 22nd. There you go. So I said 20th. Here. Oh, 20th, there you go. I don't know. Maybe it was a three-day event. Was uh, Birthright Part 1, the Enterprise uh, Enterprise's return to DS9. Picard and Dr. Crusher strolled along the promenade while Dr. Bashir helped Data and Geordi interpret Data's dreams. I remember that one. After the passenger, DS9 took a break for a few weeks. Um, during that time, Jerry Taylor pitched an idea for a possible TNG DS9 crossover that turned out to be the TNG season finale, Descent. Huh. Was that the lore one? Which one Descent was Descent? Descent is lore, yeah. Descent in the Borg. It's lore in the Borg. Oh, was that lore dealing with the DS9 crew? That would have been crazy town. 
that would have been a very cool uh that's an interesting battle Odo v Android oh I would have loved it that's the kind of battle I want to see one where you truly don't know who's gonna win I like it sign me up Andy all let's right go back in time <laughs> let's see what's out there <laughs> see what's back there uh okay so here's the deal with the passenger it uh has a plot synopsis for memory alpha that goes like this an alien criminal attempting to prolong his life hides his consciousness inside the mind of a station crew member teleplay by morgan gendel robert hewitt wolf and michael pillar story by morgan gendel directed by paul lynch Rarely do you see an episode with so many names on it that's, like, really good. Oh, I was going to say, don't we see that all the time? No, no. Um, Yeah, it's true. I think there's, like, a... There is, like, a quality... It's, like, a... It's, like, a... An inverse equation. (laughs) Right. More writers. There's there's too many hands on it. Yeah. That's why there are showrunners. That's why the concept of a showrunner... Too many people had to tag in. (laughs) That's why the concept of a showrunner is sound. It's just if you have a showrunner that's shaky, then it doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't help or you. Or two. You never know how many showrunners you're going to get that are shaky. It's true. All right, everyone. This is... The Passenger. It starts, starts with, I would say, uh, like, just like the... I don't know. It's just the bananas. It starts bananas. Bashir's bananas. He is First bananas. season, Bashir is bananas. Never seen anything like that. Hmm? I've never seen anything like that. For the woman? She was dead. The tricorder clearly showed. Oh, yes, well, tricorders. Very accurate with live people, not so accurate with dead ones. We learned that first year medical school. Well, I was very impressed, Doctor. Mm. And well, you should have been. <laughs> I impressed myself on that one, actually. I can't imagine what other doctor would even consider examining the scapular nose for parasitic infection. I just seem to have a talent, I suppose. A vision that sees past the obvious, round the mundane, right to the target. Fate has granted me a gift, Major. A gift to be a healer. Uh, It's... uh, I just don't even... Here's a theory. Uh, uh, Bashir is actually an alien... And uh, the only <laughs> the only information he has about how humans interact are Vince Vaughn movies from the, from the nineties <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> just act cocky, hit on everyone you see. <laughs> it's just that's very funny. Did you uh, did you feel do you feel the chemistry in there of their future marriage and divorce? <laughs> I really hope that's not true. <laughs> oh, it are the key actors. I'm talking about. And I visit her and... Do they really get together? Yeah, they have a couple kids. I feel privileged to Whoa! be present. Oh, glad to have you along. Nerds I must have been. You so excited. Cobia transport ship Rhea to any ship. Our central power linkage has exploded. We're losing life support. Please respond. Four years from this episode, they'll be walking down the aisle. Can you believe it? So crazy. 
Oh, side and note I, in I, this. I, 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 it's probably his performance in this that did it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, he is impressive. He brought a lady no, no, back he, from the dead. He needs he needs help. These <laughs> guys, yeah. Oh, you're thinking she saw his episode, is his acting at the end and stopped? Like, yeah, he needs some, he needs some coaching. And I need, I need to give him daily coaching. This can't be like, I'll just pop in. Um, how, how was he in Game of Thrones? I didn't watch it. He was very good. It was very subtle. Uh, and uh, very um, grounded. He was kind of a, a hobbled, you know, uh, I don't know, I think he was a king, but he was some some level of, like, you know, person who was in charge of his own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He might have been a king. Uh, but uh, it was really good. Um, what else? I keep thinking he, he was he was Picard's father, but then that was... Uh, <laughs> That was the Battlestar Galactica gentleman. Um, but uh, one other thing in the scene is uh, he's like the uh, the anti Beverly here. He uh, Beverly would have taken a live person and done an autopsy on them. <laughs> he uh, found a dead person, brought her back from the dead. <laughs> reverse Beverly. <laughs> in medical school, we call that a reverse crusher. <laughs> <laughs> Just picking it up on long-range sensors, bearing 347 mark 08. I'm reading massive energy leakage. Its aft structural integrity field is failing. This is the Federation ship Rio Grande. We're on our way. Oh, thank God, a starship. Uh, not exactly. <laughs> How many can you evacuate? Ten? <laughs> oh, good. There's only one of me. Now listen, is there anyone else aboard your ship? We've got to evacuate. Oh, the pilot is dead. <laughs> I'm reading another life form. No, don't open that. It's sealed. The prisoner is transporting. He's, he started the fire to escape. He's dying. Where's the manual override? No. It's funny that even in the future, that's Stop. that's the gambit to get out of a prison cell. No. Dangerous. I assure you, in this condition, he's of no threat to anyone. Power linkages are completely shot. Maneuvering subsystems are out. I've managed to stabilize the structural integrity field, but I don't know how long it's going to last. I also found these really cool gloves. Do you like them? They're kind of like those Spock gloves that he wore when he died, huh? (laughs) Sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone. Got it. Got the characterization. I'll do that later in the episode. Get it all nailed down. I'll be doing it just like that. <laughs> I'm going to deliver every line like those those that those three words. It's going to be great. <laughs> and the Emmy does not go to. <laughs> um, again, again, I think he's a very good actor. I just think this performance was batshit. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, Look at this camera shot. Nice. They got some nice camera movements on here, and I bet that partly that's because they knew how to build the sets at this point, knowing TNG Mm. so much. 
so that they could That's really good, move shit around. Point. These aren't. Uh, it's a. It's a decent. You know, there's so. It's so hard to keep coming up with new ones. DS9 is just what a what a workload of coming up with new aliens every week, just wandering around. Um, <laughs> this, this is a pretty good one. Your, your basic weird ridge aliens. No. Preliminary examinations indicated the subject died of a massive respiratory failure brought on by the pulmonary trauma suffered during the fire. Are you sure it's the same body? Quite certain. It's been sealed in here ever since our arrival. DS9 also not afraid of an upward angle. They built all the ceilings. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. They they decided to cap it, you know? Yeah. I did like when she stabbed the corpse. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) It was like... Give it an autopsy. I really like this character and this idea too that this lady's just fucking obsessed. Her whole life has been spent chasing this guy. It's great. Yeah. Iced Rockaccino, extra cream. Thank you, Cork. At your service, day or night. Thanks. Poor woman. She's obviously infatuated with me. (laughs) You're deluding yourself. There's nothing wrong with a good delusion. I sell them upstairs to dozens of people every day. Besides, there is something in her eyes when she looks at me. Mm. An allergic reaction, no doubt. I think she's lonely. Dax! She has ten lifetimes worth of friends to call on before she calls you, and every man on the station would like to be buying her a Rocktagino. Ah, but I'm the one with the Rocktagino machine. She seems to prefer spending most of her time alone, which In I public understand places. perfectly. Then that must make her the perfect woman for you. I wouldn't intrude on her privacy, as some would. You're pathetic. You think everyone in the galaxy should be as lonely and as miserable as you are. It's hard. You know what I thought at the end of the episode? I was like, has anything ever happened to Quark regarding those three murders he just accomplished in? That was the other thing. I is like not. The prior things seem that he's been doing. I mean, obviously, the... Uh, the um, the the auction basically trying to push someone into sex slavery was <laughs> was pretty rough but the uh but he doesn't seem to be doing any like outright murders or 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 you know conspiracy stuff until this episode in my opinion i think it's always like dicey but this is like outright plotting illegally and is kind of caught in it for something dangerous yeah, I, I, I think there should have been more repercussions here. As a side note, why does Odo hang out around this bar around Quark? I guess you could argue he's trying to keep an eye on him, but he really does. It does well, seem the, like he's the lonely. the heartbeat and, of the station. Uh-huh. Where it's the best place for the constable to be. I guess that's fair. Why are there so many police in Times Square? <laughs> they love the the tourist t-shirts the sound of a friendly voice the sight of a familiar face the feel a smooth 
pliant flesh. Why do you bother? It's good to want things. Even things you can't have? Especially things I can't have. Like the Deridium shipment. Deridium shipment? Is there a Deridium shipment coming here? I'm watching you, Quark. And I'm watching you, Jadzia. So, here are my various thoughts. If anyone's interested. I mean, if anybody wants to hear them. Um, one thing is, uh, I kind of like this increasing theme between uh, Quark and Odo of uh, him basically delving into what is it that Odo really wants, this weird shapeshifter that seems removed from that many interactions. Um, and Quark kind of being, and Quark Odo being sort of defensive on it. I kind of really like that. Uh, that aspect and that I, I will see where it goes but my current read on it is that Odo is sort of in some ways a sad isolated character and uh, I like that the Quark's way in is you gotta want things wanting things will can, which is a very Ferengi sort of perspective but it also is like it's kind of true wanting things will connect you to, to life a little more if you don't want anything what are you doing um, he does like want that. something he wants order and you law abiding. That's fair. And then the other thing is, uh, man, I feel bad for Jedzia that it's like, or maybe just the character or whatever. Just that the only thing they really keep establishing about the character outside of her past lives is, uh, is uh, just that everybody's kind of being weird with her. That's like, and then she's just sitting there while they're being weird with her. Um, so, I mean, uh, she's so foxy. <laughs> Have you I, seen her? I assume at a certain point they establish more of their she's character and let her, let her run the thing. <laughs> Interesting technique. Do you always get ready for an important operation by leaking word about it to the local black market? How I handle my business is none of your concern. I'm afraid that it is. Lieutenant George Primmon, Starfleet Security. And if you don't mind, I would like to talk to you about the Deridium shipment from the Gamma Quadrant. There's nothing to discuss. Security is already in place. I would appreciate it if we could go over it anyhow. It took me three weeks to get here, and I'd hate to think it was for nothing. If you insist, meet me in my office at 1700 hours. I'll be in a bucket. The autopsy revealed nothing out of the ordinary. You could bring the bucket to your room, or we could do scans, it in my office. Record patterns all matched up perfectly with the records Kajada provided. Um, so I was like immediately suspicious of Lieutenant uh, whatever the hell his name is, because I was like, I f- where'd this guy come from? I forget this guy. Is this guy a guy we're supposed to be trusting? What's up with this guy? <laughs> I think that was the point I was going to make, is it's really effective misdirection and it's so in retrospect this is, this is where it's really good writing I think for at least it was for me it's so obvious who he transferred his his, his uh, whatever brainwave to because it's the only person he touched you know and, what's uh, funny is like when I was watching it I was like I was like oh this is really dumb because obviously it's Bashir uh-huh. and then they bring in that lieutenant whatever yeah. and I'm like 
wait a second, is this guy a shapeshifter also, and he's not right. dead, and like he's duplicated himself? What's happening? I thought, he was, even, just, I thought he was just in Bashir. They even have moves later. Well, that's what I was also wondering, is there's some shapeshifting things going on. But that, that's they even have moves later where it's, uh, they kind of like, okay, well, now we're not going to tell anyone except these people, and then he's included. So they even have things where it points even more toward Primmon. Um, it's really effective. Uh, I agree. And then I was like, oh, is it the other one? Is it the is it the cop who's been chasing him forever that got it, that has his, like, you know. that. Well, frankly, that would have been another great plot. The two people Let's fighting themselves. Let's do the courtesy of granting themselves. requests as long as they're not too far out of line. A quick sweep of a ship is not too much to ask. I'm more concerned that Vatica might have had help here waiting to hijack the ship. Ah, uh, Mr. Primmon, good, in my office. I want to brief you on a security issue that's arisen. I'll, uh, get Odo up here. Uh, that's okay, Major. I'll fill him in later on anything he needs to know. See, that's a perfect example of... It also makes sense in retrospect. That's a perfect example of a good misdirection. How are you getting on with the constable, Lieutenant? I'm sure he's very good at keeping order down there in the promenade. But? Frankly... Isn't the security of a Deridium shipment a little over his head? I mean, he was chatting about it in the bar with that Ferengi quark. If I could overhear it, so could half a dozen others. It's hard to keep a secret in a place like this, Lieutenant. It's not a starship. I understand that. I'm sure almost everyone knows about the shipment by now. Odo was probably making sure that Quark knows we know he knows. It's not the way they taught us at the Academy, is it, sir? (laughs) If you want my opinion... Actually, I don't. You and I are guests of the Bajorans, Lieutenant. You don't have to forget what you learned at the Academy. You just don't throw it in anyone's face here. If you're really smart, you might even learn a few new things about station security from our constable. Clear? Very clear, sir. Now, regarding the shipment. We've been made aware of a possible Kobliat plot to hijack the Deridium. You and Odo ought to have a talk with Kajada. Uh, I like Cisco's matter-of-factness. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would, it's really it's so done. great. It really is like, I know everybody's been boosting Cisco. I've seen little glimmers, but this scene is just such a thing of like, oh, this guy's fantastic. What a fucking great, mature, commanding way to handle this situation. Shut this guy down. Give him the overview of what he's dealing with in this particular situation. And uh, And yet, it's all in the direction of getting the system of people below him to work efficiently it's just really fantastic um would you uh would you argue that it was um pretty smooth of him i need the owl you really do that Um, uh, yeah. And the other thing is the, um, when Odo does tell Quark about the Deridian shipment, what's perfect is I was also like, what are you doing, Odo? And, uh, 
And then that's what the, the doofus thinks. And then uh, it's a perfect explanation. He's He knows that Cork knows about it, and he's just trying to let him know. He's keeping an eye on him. It's great. Andy. What? I've got, I'm reading about this episode on Memory Alpha. Okay. Alexander Siddig found this episode to be the hardest thing he had to do during DS9's first two seasons, as well as, without a doubt, his biggest failure, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said it was right at the beginning, and you just had to do it in front of everybody you don't know, and I had an appallingly poor notice with the script. I was given it the day before. You need to prepare for that sort of oh, thing. Oh, that's not fair. That's totally true. <laughs> and then... To make it worse, all of Siddig's original onset dialogue as Vintaka in the episode was dubbed in post. Huh. Rick Berman commented, he had a very odd, we had a very odd experience on the show. Uh, Siddig made a choice of a voice that didn't work for us. It was too Bela Lugosi-like, and we replaced his entire part with him again. But we had to... We had him do it in a different way. We didn't really know if it would work or not, but it was fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's interesting because I would love uh, to hear the Bella Lugosi version. The Rick Berman story. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's love to know what the Bella Lugosi version is. It's, it's interesting because the Bella Lugosi version might have been closer to what the the guy playing Vantica actually was doing. <laughs> well, it also would have been like, I think that's sort of the point of it is like, his performance and his voice are so disjointed. Right. And I didn't even notice that it was dubbed, so great job everybody over there yeah. in that department, but that explains a whole lot about the performance. I agree. You're right, it does seem disconnected. In some ways, you could say it kind of works because it's a different voice inside of him, but it is weird, and... uh it doesn't help it seem like a more cohesive performance. The Kobliat security officer who arrived yesterday. Another thing is she had said, I want someone to scan my ship. I want to make sure that there's no anomalous life forms on board. They do a fantastic job of setting up this guy is an unbeatable uh, before villain. Before we get started, I want to apologize for us getting off on the wrong foot. Think nothing of it. Listen, I know this is your bailiwick. I don't mean to be throwing my weight around. No hard feelings. Don't Not shake his hand. You're going to turn Just into the I'm evil guy. Security, <laughs> I don't respect your opinion. Just kidding. He really just seems to be doing his job well. <laughs> It is a strange. It's. I mean. I mean. In that sense, it's like I think they accidentally accidentaled into this because Calmini was shooting the movie, and they were like, well, "We need somebody else." Oh, you think this was going to be Calmini's yeah. spot? Um, I don't know. Well, you would have missed out on all the conflict between him and Odo. And I will say that scene with him apologizing to Odo, and then mm-hmm. eventually it ratcheting back up to conflict. That feels unusual to me. Like, it feels like in most shows, even maybe TNG, it would just be a one-way ticket of, like, conflict, 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 resolution. And the fact that Cisco levels with him and kind of puts him in his place and shows him the overview, and then he is, like, semi-reasonable about it and goes, look, I'm sorry, I was out of line, let's work this out. 
it, that thus far from what I'm viewing on DS9, it feels like one of the unique aspects of DS9, that it is almost novel-like more than movie-like in terms of just like, that's a scene you might see in a novel that you don't usually see in a TV show or movie. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. Memories. I mean, it's a, it's a... They, unlike TNG and the Roddenberry Edict, they don't avoid conflict between characters. Although, to your other, to the other idea of uh, it being possibly the his the cop that's chasing him, and mm-hmm. the idea that he would uh, inhabit her, and I imagine would turn into something where he inhabits her at the end, and she's been chasing him all this time, and then she you know it feels like that ending is her killing herself to kill him which would be kind of dramatic and big and doesn't seem the kind of direction that ds9 goes which is interesting and and valuable but uh to me that plot then has a theme you're landing on of she let the chase of this guy consume her life and therefore consume her soul um Mm -hmm. And then in the end, she destroys herself. And this seems like, a nut- again, it's like he's chasing life, like he's trying to be immortal. But it doesn't seem to land on, and that's what destroyed him. It's just like, it's just sort of a, you know, a, a chasing well, a criminal because plot. there is literally no character development with, the, with that alien, you know? Right. He's but the I, second we see him. I guess I'm saying it's it's a very surprisingly light themed show, DS9 thus far. Mm-hmm. Thanks. our best evidence suggests Vantica stopped thinking two days ago. He's alive. And he's on board this station. And his first thought when he came on board was to plan a way to access your security files on the Deridium shipment, which is exactly what he's done. Even if he was alive, it doesn't make sense that he would purge an entire computer memory to go after a single file. It makes perfect sense. Try to access the single file and you'd be stopped by a dozen different lockouts that I put in to protect it. But you would never consider locking out the active memory of your entire system. It would make it impossible to use the computers at all. So that's where you're vulnerable. But how would he gain access? In the past, He's used a subspace shunt. It would be attached to a secondary system, something that runs throughout the entire facility but isn't covered by security. The lighting controls. Or the replicators. I'm showing an unauthorized tap into the computer system. A temperature control panel. Level 21, section 10. Security to level... That's funny. I wish they laughed really hard and then kissed. What have we been doing? <laughs> and then a, and then Odo just morphed into a beautiful woman. <laughs> we don't know what this guy's preference is. Um, maybe it's That's changelings. what he says after the kiss. He's like, I was into you because you were Odo. Not, <laughs> I didn't want Jadzia. Even no more, offense, Jadzia. <laughs> even more complications. I must admit, I'm having a tough time with your theory. And you're making a fatal mistake. Three passengers were on your ship. Two bodies are in our morgue. Unless the ghost of Vantica is... Don't patronize me, Commander. 
Isn't it more likely that some accomplice did this? Rayo Vantica is obsessed with his own survival. He's prolonged his life through the use of drugs, cryogenics, transplants. As a medical supervisor in a high-security penitentiary, he used prisoners for his illegal experiments in cellular longevity. He's organized raids on government labs to steal bioregenerative research. I promise you, when he started that fire on board my ship, he had a plan to survive. I'm not sure what that plan was, but I'm convinced it succeeded. Doctor, how soon before we get the results of the DNA trace? I sent it to Starfleet Command yesterday. They'll have to coordinate with Cobliad security, I'd say, another 12 hours. Until then, we will operate under the assumption that Vatica is alive. I like that from Cisco. that the lady sounds crazy and he listens to it's her. It's a compromise, you know? Who's going to know better than that lady whether or not, you know, she's crazy or not? I don't know, Matt. You've always said uh, Picard was the greatest diplomat, but I'm seeing a lot of uh, impressive moves here by uh, by Cisco. Look, look, Even more so in this next scene, I think we're about to see. I ride or die with Cisco if 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 there's high tension and uh, battle situations. Cisco's my man. Yeah, but this isn't a battle situation. This is diplom- diplomacy. No, this is an investigation. With two Odos. Sounds like you're splitting it. Odo 1 and Odo 2, a.k.a. Lieutenant Commander Pippet, or whatever the hell his name is, Primmon. Who asked me to stay in charge of security when you took command of this station? I did not ask you. Constable, no one knows this station like you do. Oh, yes. I've noticed that Constable. I really like this scene. It's very cute. Fantastic. It's an expression of affection. I believe Major Kira was... I don't need anyone's affection. I do need clear jurisdiction or I am out. I like you, Odo. So great. I like to know where a man stands. There's never been any question of that with you. I need you here. No Starfleet officer can do the job you do. You've got that straight. But you have to realize that Starfleet is not going to take command of a station in deep space without assigning some security to protect its interests. Understandable. You're going to have to work with Primmon. The two of you have to find a way to get along. Tell him that. I already have. Who's in charge? In joint operations like this one. You are. I could live with that arrangement. It's... It's the kind of writing at the beginning of a series that people don't often do which is they're figuring each other out and learning to trust each other and it usually is all fucking worked out in the pilot episode and this is like slowly over several episodes in a totally organic and realistic way it's really nice I love Cisco's character here and his handling of both Premin and uh, Kajada and Odo, like, he's, like, telling him he likes him. He's being straight with him. Um, But he's also setting his boundaries. That's the thing that's impressive. He's getting all of them to do what he wants them to do in different ways. He's a sly dog, this Cisco. What was the name of the guy? There was somebody, a kid or whatever, that, like, Steve had an auction, and we had to get the name in the Goldbergs. Oh, was it remember. William Vanica? Oh, that's right. It was William Vanica. And Vantica. 
<laughs> like the whole time they're saying it, I'm like, like it just like was like creeping into my head, and I was like, oh my god. Anyway, somebody won a charity auction, so we had to put their name in the show, and it took us four years. <laughs> like it would make it what's funny is like it would make it into every version of a script until like the last version and then it would yeah. make like and sometimes when it did get into the last version and we'd shoot it it would make it into the first three cuts right and then it would have to go for some <laughs> what is he gre- greedy for he was the villain in funny. this episode at some point it became very funny What have you got, Dax? I'm not exactly sure yet. I finished the sweep of Kajada's ship. No anomalous readings, but I did notice one odd thing. What's that? Someone tried to break into the ship's cargo bay. Since it's been docked? Kira confirmed that there was no damage to the cargo area when they brought it in. What do you think they were after? This, maybe. I found it in Ventika's personal belongings. What is it? A map of the humanoid brain. Here's an unrelated uh, trill question, but go ahead. Sure, go ahead. Um, is if a trill, it's this big honor or whatever to, you know, join with a a symbiont. But if the idea is that you cease to be, isn't that a terrifying thing to be facing? There is no ceasing to be. What are you talking about? You, you cease to be something new. It's like you know. It's you're not. I'm still here, but now I'm also with my trill companion, and we uh, both have a good time. I guess that, but that perspective to me indicates that there is more justification. Also, for it's holding... crazy that you're thinking about this right now in an episode that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. I guess I think about every interaction with Dax now, and I'm like, well, who is it? He calls her Dax. That's ruined. That's ruined the fucking... Uh, this This is going to ruin the series for you. Maybe. It absolutely will. Because you they can't never... you get it out of your head, if you cannot get it out of your head, you're fucked. All right, I'll wait until we're on a trail episode. Uh... This guy sweeps every day on his hands and knees to look for a change. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you if you were Ferengi, I guess? Uh, they did mess up here because it is Alexander Siddig that does this, and you see it very quickly in the shot. So the reveal is ruined. Yeah, so. but who who is it in the shot? It's it's Is it's it Bashir? Siddig. It didn't yeah. look like it to me. It, it did look like it to you, or it did not. It did not. It looked I, like it to me. I, I even a, paused it, and I, I was like, "Still, I guess I, it could be him." Here, I'll send it. Do you think it? Do you think at any point um, he was concerned about the smile that he was doing right here? Um. Why? Because he looks batshit insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right with you. There. Now remember, next time, lift with your back straight and use the anti-gravity generator. I'm sorry, come in. I have the DNA Funny scan results. I thought you might like to see them. In fact, I tried to call you last night, but uh, you never responded to the comm. Uh, I have a little trouble sleeping. 
Last night was particularly bad, so I used an alpha wave inducer to help me. Ooh, we should be careful with those. They're only meant for occasional use. The scan results, Doctor. Oh, yeah. There wasn't even a trace of diploid variation. It's definitely not a clone. It Positive looks like identification. Him to me. Doesn't look Rayo like it in the second Vantica. picture, but the first picture it does. Like they must have overlooked something. Next to Bashir. Yes, Jadzia. I need some medical advice. Can you come to my lab? I'll be right there. Bashir out. Why did he take the opportunity? I've got to go get laid. <laughs> Pretty sure it's happening. <laughs> um, uh, why didn't he take the opportunity to kill this lady? Draw too much attention. Uh, because that would arise too many suspicions. That he's got yeah. a, his plan is the deter is not the deuterium, yeah. but the deridium. Yeah. Have a brain. Possible. Well, the closest thing I've encountered is synaptic pattern displacement, but that's never been done by a non-Vulcan. I'm convinced Vantico is working on it. There are over 70 different computer simulations in the... Have you ever met an android? Because androids can also do mind melds, apparently. Thanks, Picard. <laughs> this file. I'll involve identifying neural energy patterns and storing them in different areas of the brain. Well, there's plenty of room. A humanoid only uses a small portion of the brain. What if another entity shared the unused portion? Like a trill? Hypothetically... <laughs> Vantica's consciousness could be occupied. Then which one of you would survive? Brain. Uh, I just want to know, like, wh who am I talking to? <laughs> if one of you killed someone. When I was watching this, I thought it was so fucking weird. Like, until she says I was pushed, I thought she was just snooping around and slipped. I thought for sure that was what happened. <laughs> I thought she was snooping around and slipped, and then. When she said I was pushed, I was like, oh, thank God. Because that was real dumb otherwise. <laughs> she's, not, she's not the greatest cop in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> that guy knows how to take a punch. Dropped a long way. Just keep your head up, you know? Don't let your head hit that steel. Vantica. I can't keep her conscious any longer, Commander. If she moves too much, she could suffer permanent paralysis. Or say that it was me. Did you see anybody behind her? <laughs> I just heard the scream and looked up. She fell from the balcony. What was she doing up there, anyway? She had an odd feeling you might be helping someone hijack this Duridium shipment. I resent the inference. It's not an inference. It's a definite suspicion. <laughs> was anyone else in the bar? Anyone else? At the time of the accident? No, just me. Just tidying up. Which, if you'll excuse me, I really must finish. Not so fast, Quark. I want to take a look at that third floor before you get rid of all the evidence. Be my guest, but I'm telling you, she was alone up there. And she had no business invading the privacy of a law-abiding member of the community. What do you think, Doctor? Could this have been a suicide attempt? Well, I haven't noticed any indication of suicidal behavior, but then... Who if he's gone, I'm gone. I have nothing to live for. <laughs> and then she jumps. Using his fingernails. Frankly, I can't think of another way he could have delivered the biocoded message. Well, why doesn't Bashir just kill her when he's tending to her he here? That would have been an easier buy. Charge, or the sensors on Kajada's ship would have detected it. Ideally Again, his concern is not her. I understand, but his he is also is aware that she is a threat. Yeah, but he's a mastermind. He's not an Andy Secunda. 
Andy's resent. like, well, kill her. Kill her now. He's like, no, 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 Andy. Suggestion. I can't do that because I have a larger plan here. Well, but given why not the kill fact, her here? Given the fact, Matthew, that he is captured at the end and then this lady fucking kills him. I'm not him. Matthew. I'm being Vantica. You're saying that I am not the mastermind that Vantica is. And I'm saying that Vantica's plan ends up with him dead. So... Maybe you should have listened Look, to Andy Secunda. You guys can argue it all you want. <laughs> he would have injected the biocoded message directly into his victim's skin, but there were no hyposprays or needles anywhere on the ship. Microscopic generator. You're suggesting he stored his consciousness in that thing? His neural patterns encoded as bioelectrical pulses. He could have placed that device under his nail months ago, just in case he needed an escape route in an emergency. His last resort before death. Will this show up in Kajada? Now that we know what we're looking for, we should be able to confirm it with a glial scan. Do it as soon as Bashir stabilizes him. Nice work. It's funny that she's completely interchangeable with Bashir as the sort of senior medical person <laughs> i mean she is the science officer it's like when it's like it's 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 just like spock and mccoy uh-huh. yeah whenever like mccoy was out of it or something spock would be the guy uh-huh. it's a long-standing tradition whatever you say when do we in fact i was like that's the one thing i was really kind of bummed about on on um TNG was that they never had a definitive like who's the science officer uh, yeah Cause, and they had science stations on the bridge they uh-huh. had two three science stations on the bridge and it would sort of always either be Jordy or Data right but like what I liked about the Spock of it all was he was the first officer and the science officer Whereas they don't, they don't really have one the first, I'm just the first officer uh, I'm just dashing. That's my special skill. Uh, they, they don't really have one on Voyager either. They kind of imply that that uh, that Janeway's background kind of covers that, but yeah, um, it is interesting. Yeah, I think that that uh, and that's uh, an aspect of Janeway's character that I really like. Me too. Is her her scienceiness? Um. Anyway, meet this employer. His message said he'd be waiting for us on board. Uh, 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 I'm t- terribly sorry. That we seem to have made a wrong turn. We we didn't mean to disturb you, Doctor. Not at all, gentlemen. Not at I all, gentlemen. Is that what it was like? <laughs> so weird <laughs> and then One. this like this <laughs> the radium even shipment at- two the radium shipments <laughs> after the uh, jig is up you know and it's revealed to the audience that it's um Bashir uh. this scene I thought this scene with with, with Quark and uh, not Quark with Odo and uh, Primen was like Oh, that's nice. He's really like learning and listening. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna work it out. These two. What are you doing in there? I told you to sweep the docking bay again. 
I took a cue from you. From me? You understood the logic of Vantica's M.O. when he downloaded the computer memory? Avoid the single file, attack the system. <laughs> Would be a, a perfect Vatican romance. To know that all of our security and it is set up by his conversation with Quark about what he wants and, and does he want human touch. So, mm-hmm. it's so amazing if the if scene ended with just. Now we're going to try to hurt us. So I ran a diagnostic on all the systems that could shut down our whole defense array. I've already done that twice today. I know. I didn't find anything either. But then I went to the backup systems and I found a glitch there I couldn't explain. And I tracked it back to the waste reclamation system, where nobody would ever think to look the because waste it's reclamation system. And I found this. Another subspace crossover shunt, just like the one Vantica used when he tapped into the computer. And it's set to feed back. No, it's jewelry. I got it for you. <laughs> command and control function. Let me pin it on. This would have shut us down for close to an hour. Long enough for him to grab that freighter and warp it to who knows where. This guy really does have Tim Truck Seven. <laughs> it really does have smart trip vibes. <laughs> I wish that they had a Tim Buck Seven. Seems like they would get to it by then. <laughs> security alert yellow. But Bay, do you have a sign in the plan? Number eight. Odo. Maintain a visible contingent of security at Bay Eight. But I'm sending the Narkova to the second backup. Bay 12. I'll send additional forces to 12. Commander, your Lieutenant Prim in there just saved us all a lot of problems. Another subspace crossover that would have crippled us long enough for them to escape with your Deridium. Odo. You two are going to get along just fine. (laughs) It's kind of great. It's totally purposeless in a usual Star Trek show to have that subplot. And have right, it even right. be resolved that way. And it's like, oh, that's nice. They, uh, they worked out their office squabble. And uh, Cisco kind of guided them through it. And it all worked out great. And it's like, you know, it's not a big dramatic plot. It's just a thing that happened. <laughs> Murray, I can't find him anywhere. Computer, who authorized access to the runabout Rio Grande? Authorization access code 4121. Dr. Julian Bashir. None of them figure it out, also. <laughs> right. Also, it was like very interesting to see this like Federation civilian hybrid ship, cargo ship that like does not have any very officers on it, and it's like a lot of um, boomers, you know. Kind of had uh, the motion picture vibes to me. These these uniforms. So the sparks indicate that all these people are dead, right? No, no, that they're hitting him in, in their robot belts. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. I see. Why else? Why else would it spark, Andy? Come on. I, don't know, I thought you it was some know. kind of disruptor instead of a phaser. But that's what I was thinking, like, is Quark? Watch this. Like robot belt. Oh. <laughs> My robot belt. Ow! <laughs> it's thrown me back. Oh, here, here we that, go. This is where Quark feels like he's an accessory to murder. Yeah, absolutely. Done. Or the destruction of four sentient robot belts. <laughs> Secure the rest of the ship. 
Be sure to account for all 12 members of the crew. If they resist, kill them. Count the, the crew, crew like that's, this. That's, One that's what it is, right? It's him trying to match the mouth of something that would be much more open and take a longer time, you know? And he's doing it like this, something that would be much more open and take a longer time. And it's like, oh, that's that's fucking really weird. (laughs) I... Station has locked a tractor beam on us. But that's not possible. They should be shut down by now. Well, they're not. It's like kind of like acting like a robot in a weird way. It's very strange. It, it, is it does explain. It does explain yeah. that he had a. You know, I'm. I actually think probably the original voice had to be even more insane. But then you make it into this voice, and you're matching the thing, and it's like, well, now it just looks. Like, it's like a rehearsal that they never shot the scene. <laughs> Very strange. Open a channel. Open a channel. I channel what? Commander of DS9. Ray O. Vantica is my name. Even though he's sitting with. That's his- not his normal timber and pantameter. Even though he's sitting with his his arched uh, supervillain hands, yeah, I think that's how you express that you're a supervillain. The day you get a script, looks rather good on me, don't you? Th- it's so weird. I want to talk to Doctor Bashir. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's not available at the moment. Is he all right? His body is. How do you humans say it? Fit as a fiddle. See, I don't care what he was doing with the voice. Good on me, don't you think? These these facial expressions are bonkers. It was necessary to render him unconscious for the time being. However, I might consider leaving his body and returning him to you. But first, you must release your tractor beam. I can't do that. If you don't. I'll take this vessel to warp. The tractor beam would rip apart your ship and you and everybody on board would be killed. Exactly. So if you care at all about the welfare of your doctor... So fucking weird. So weird. It's the weirdest performance I've ever seen, and I've seen every Brent Spiner performance. (laughs) You can't kill this body. Because I'm immortal. <laughs> I will make sure everything <laughs> is okay. Wide eyebrows, wide eyebrows. Uh, here's a side we question. Get- is it about Dax? Yeah, I mean, how do we know in this scene <laughs> that it's Dax making these? No. Um, is... Uh, uh, the the Kobliad are the ones that need the Deridium, to and it's uh, it sort of feels like it's implied that Vantica wants it because he could then you know you need the Deridium to basically you know survive and regenerate and do a bunch of shit health wise, but 
he's no longer a Kobliad. He's in Bashir's body. So is his plan to get back into a Kobliad? <laughs> like, why is he still trying to get the Deridium shipment? What are you talking about? They need Deridium to survive, right? I think his plan, yeah, is to get back into that species, into a native species. Well, here's a follow-up thing, uh, illustrating that, uh, you know, you decide who's the super genius. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about it. But uh, it seems to me changelings would be a good bet for immortals. <laughs> and uh, you don't have to spoil anything. But uh, if I was... Uh, if I was Vantica, I would first opportunity switch bodies from Bashir to he, Odo. He doesn't know Odo's a shapeshifter. He doesn't? That's not he's something changeling. He can... He's like the only changeling anyone's ever seen. Seems like he's he's pretty good at rooting out information from the systems. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably found his changeling files. Yeah. <laughs> Why can I change? Why do I sleep in a bucket? This is personal diary. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I want something? All I want is order. And Primen. Ship, he's hailing us. <laughs> I need some time. I'll give you as much as I can. Primen smiled at me today. Have you decided? If I permit you to leave, what guarantee do I have that you return, Dr. Bashir? Oh, you're far too ready to capitulate, Commander. <laughs> Would you be planning a rescue attempt? Perhaps. I'm only interested in the safety of my doctor. You insult my intelligence. Prepare to go to warp. You've gone to great lengths to survive, Vantica. I don't think you're ready to kill yourself. And I don't think you are ready to risk spreading duridium all over this system. Ready to engage. Warp engines. You must be crazy. I want no part of this. Robot bell. <laughs> I missed. Your robot chess panel. Ready. Do it. This is the stupidest explanation. I've, like, oh, this. I guess we got to give a second for this Shatner-esque performance. Here. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a good performance. Dr. Bashir, answer me. Bashir! I like that they give the misdirection. I'm just, no, yes. I'm fine. Everything's fine. What? Doctor, lower the shields. What? What, what shields? Where, where am I? I'll explain later. Lower the shields now. You can't tell me that Vantica isn't good at pretending he's not still in there. Is he doing that? I feel what? like it's I feel like it's Bashir and him fighting. No, it definitely no no, it's definitely still it's Bashir again. But it would be very funny if he was like I tricked you, I'm still Vantica. I was just pretending to be very disoriented. Oh yeah, that would be great. It feels like a mastermind would do that. The shields are down. Get him out of there. Energizing. Good job, Brimmon. It's okay. It's me. <laughs> That's for your performance. Mm-hmm. 
Program this transporter to isolate any glial cells. This is so dumb. They beam it out into a little disc that she shoots. It's like, what the fuck? Is it? I don't know. It's really dumb. I it's can, really dumb. Can't you just sort of replace, go back to the last time you transported uh, Bashir Don't and get replaces. into the ethical. Don't get into the ethical debates of transporters and copies of people. No, no, I'm not saying replace him entirely. I'm just saying replace the the, the parts of his brain that are that were taken over. I mean, it seems like all they really have to do is shoot his robot belt. Uh-huh. Then he's fine. Could be. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what you don't get about it. It's so simple. All righty. Time to select. It's funny with the suicide attempt thing. He's just like, she didn't seem like she was going to commit suicide. It's like, but you really didn't study very much about psychology. (laughs) Now it's time for MVC. That's the Enterprise MVC. Oh, my God. You know, another thing is, there's this one... Do they never put music over the bumper shots of DS9 in the show? Because they had this one shot that was just the music. Uh, just no music and just the, the nice calming hum. Uh, I don't know if it's the engine hum or what it is. But Oh, uh, I did notice that weirdly. It was uh, weird, and it was like, this is really calming. <laughs> just floating around the I ship. I noticed that by just because of the, the sound. And I was like, oh, that's a good place to pull that audio if I need it. You know what the uh, the first thing I said uh, with uh, with with Bashir's <laughs> first few things he said, <laughs> I immediately aloud quoted quoted uh, uh, Holy Grail to no one and went, "What an eccentric performance!" <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, their solution is an electromagnetic so pulse. Again, yeah. All-purpose solution to everything, even possessions. It's really <laughs> a catch-all for everything. Uh, what year was this? Ninety-three. This is this is on the cutting edge of EMPs. Um, it's in Dark Knight Returns. Um, the Frank Miller graphic novel. No, no, I know what you're saying, but like. I don't count the EMP as being in popular, popular media until GoldenEye. Oh, right. You're right. I think you've corrected me on that before. Um, the last thing, uh, well, there's two two last things. One thing is Dax, uh, she, he says, he's like trying to not tip his hand, and he goes, Dax, do it! And that seems like it's... You're gonna tip your hand that you're about to do something. He's like trying to play it all slick, and then he shouts, "Do it!" It's just like, man, you should be be a little more chill about that. Have some kind of signal. I say, <laughs> cough twice. Dex, uh, time to do whatever you would do at this point. And then the last thing is, are we the fucking? She executes him, and they all just stand around. I liked it. That can't be chill for the. They don't have. They don't have jurisdiction. That's crazy. You just go around a, a, assassinating people. Um, kind of like, why didn't you do that in the first place? 
And everyone in there has a look like, I don't know how to react to that, except for Dax, who is smiling when she executes Fantica. She gets it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on board. You guys are already trapped in a fucking computer circuit. This is, this is fucking Moriarty all over again. Your, your, your super team of Moriarty and uh, Vanica. <laughs> the MVC. Who is it? Um, It's got to be Dax, right? Yeah, I guess it's Dax. Although fucking Cisco is on fire in terms of managing his crew. I mean, it really seems like Dex is the one whose information leads to the most good things, but uh but Cisco really does a good job of commanding in this in this episode. Mm-hmm. She even sends the EMP. Although does he come up with the idea of the EMP? Does he know it's Dex? It's Dax, you sure? Dax discovers everything and solves everything. All right, well, that's what having all those lifetimes will do. But which Dax was it? Give an award. (laughs) Uh, That's very good. Let's give it to Dax. All right, fine. I will. Congratulations, Dax. You did it. How many Andy's does this episode get? It's a tough one. Because, uh, you know, you got that crazy performance. But I don't deduct that much on it. It's just the one guy. I think the lead-up is really clever. I think the villain is really well built up and the and the concept, even though it's been done before, possessions in different forms. I think this was a really smart way to handle it. They fooled me for most of the episode on who it was. I love the Cisco stuff, um, you know, handling everybody on the ship. Um... So as with a lot of these episodes, I'm like, oh, this is really smart and well done. But it doesn't culminate in a feeling of like, oh, man, that kicked ass. It's always sort of like, yeah, that was really well done. So it's kind of hard to figure out what to give it. I think I give it a 6.5. It's between sort of a 6.5 and a 7.5. I can't... Uh really argue with Rick Berman's assessment of this episode. What did he say? It's it was fine. fine. Yeah. It's fine. And I actually think it's a little worse than fine. I'm going to I'm going to I like there's a lot of good conceptual stuff in here, but it's all done so wackily. I like the Primanoto stuff. I like the uh Cisco dealing with those two. I like uh cop lady yeah, I like um, that's the end of the things I like and everything else I thought was like woof <laughs> to give it woof. four There's a lot of things I like it's a four. five Andes six a four Andes I give it four because it was like a little worse than fine fair enough fine is a five Okay, I think it was a little worse than that I feel like it was smart enough I stand by my score. Uh, yeah, there was so much there that was smart, though. But it was like they, they just did so much other stuff to make me go, no. They are falling into a place, as I say, where it's like, 
you know, my initial thing of like, oh, this is a smarter track. This is really even tempered and well produced. And but there is, you know, there is a point where it's sort of like, all right, well, you know, you can juice it up a little. Uh, all right, it's time to watch the trailer for next week. We'll be covering "Move Along Home." I've heard a lot about this, and I don't remember if it's a good episode or a bad episode. I think it's good, right? Isn't this renowned as good? It's renowned as bad. I mean, look, I think it's not for us to judge until we judge it. Fair enough. Uh, Trailer for Move Along Home. Let's take a look. And then I'll share this with Andrew. He also said... Uh, Vantica is my name, but I assume you know that already. And it's like none of them are acting like they know it. None of them know it. <laughs> no, we didn't know that. <laughs> Thank you, though. Sorry, we didn't know that. Thank you. <laughs> they came from the darkest corner of the galaxy. First contact is our most important mission. And they brought with them the games they played. Chula! Can I win? <laughs> Prepare yourself for a new kind of sport. Four officers have just disappeared. We're playing for our lives here. Where to win, <laughs> you must survive. Choose their path. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Next time on Star Trek Space Nine. Now what's your reaction there? You think it's a really good one or a really bad one? I mean, definitely it looks like they're juicing it up, as I was saying. It looks like it could be very silly. <laughs> I think any time you're shrunk down to board game size, yeah. you got to do a lot to pull I off. I couldn't tell episode. that that's what was, what was happening. That's great. Um, thanks, everybody. Andy, thanks for keeping the hails at a reasonable length. No problem, pal. That's why your podcast was under two hours today. <laughs> you're welcome. And I apologize. Disengage. No, I mean, they love a long podcast. Do so they? They're, I'm kind of like, look. You're thanking me for I you, prefer it under two them. hours, personally. Right, yes. It's a thank you from you, not for them. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Disengage.